Welcome to Can, Can We, we talk, talk About This? I'm your host, Amberly from The Power of Birth. And I'm your producer, Rajelle from Be Designs. And together we created this podcast to talk about women's health and the things that really matter. We have a real passion and focus on women's health and wellness and overall emphasize the importance of talking about maternal health. We chat to experts and continue sharing your stories. We're here to start the conversation, raise awareness, spread the word, call out gaps in the system and implicit biases. And we hope you learn something or even if you're just screaming yes the entire podcast. This is not a place for small talk. We're about real talk. And when we know better, we do better. And we challenge you to start this conversation elsewhere. Studies have shown that breathwork has many benefits for our functioning and mental well-being, but it's also incorporated in things like birth, sports performance, pelvic health, and exercises like Pilates and yoga and running and boxing, and even rehabilitation to help progression and endurance. Powerful and successful people such as Tony Robbins implement breathwork daily. What is it about the breath? Why do we do this every day without even thinking about it, yet it can be something so powerful? So today we're chatting with Nicola Lay, a breath and wellness coach on the Gold Coast, who has been a therapist for 24 years and has used the breath in her life to rebuild and enhance it amongst thousands of others. She uses breathwork to help solve personal problems, battle mental health demons, embrace growth, and has additionally supported and coached birthing women. Overall, Nicola has simply shared her secrets to living a happy and fulfilled life. Breathwork. (sighs) Nicola, can we talk about this? Oh, you make me giggle and and smile at the same time. <laughs> so, Nicola, I actually got introduced to you through a friend who I was I was a couple of days heavily overdue, pregnant with my second baby, and she was like, "Just go and do some breath work. Like, maybe it'll put you into labor, or maybe it'll help you in your labor." Well, no regrets. It. I, I can't say I got too much out of that very first session. It was during COVID, so it was an online one. And it was specifically designed for pregnant women. And anyway, a couple of days later, I went into labor. And you are the reason I didn't birth that baby in the car. <laughs> because I had you in my head telling me to breathe <laughs> so I could make it to the hospital. So I have to thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you. But that's how I discovered you. That's how I discovered you. And I and I haven't let you go since because there's something about you. And so that's why I've asked you to come on today because I want you to share your secrets with the rest of <laughs> our listeners <laughs> because you have a gift and there's something about you. So tell us a bit about yourself and how you got into breath work and what breath work has done for you. Oh, how lovely Instagram is where it brings those people together. And, you know, I get regular messages from people that have said, I've been doing the breathing inside Instagram and you don't know what you've done for me. And I'm like, wow, I have no idea who you are, but I'm so grateful for the reach, you know, for you telling me that. So the power of social media does have advantages. So yes, I've been working with women for 24 years now. It really shows my age. <laughs> I I guess in so many different ways that I've been working with women. So it first started as a therapist doing, um, you know, aromatherapy, reflexology, uh, remedial massage. And I realized there was this common thread that I would see every day when I would see people walking into my clinic was that they were highly anxious, stressed, not breathing very well caught in their diaphragm, which is this beautiful muscle, which is a big part of breathing, which is just below the ribs. 
and their backs were really sore. They weren't standing up very well. Their postures were terrible. And it kind of got me into the science of the whole point of being a therapist. So I went off and did, you know, continual development within being a therapist on thoracic spine work to nervous system to endocrine system. So I was heavily like connected to the breath from the offset because I knew it was the missing link. I just knew from the start. And, you know, when you're seeing hundreds of people and you're seeing them and they, they, they say, I don't know what you just did, but you'd see these tears rolling down their eyes when I would move something in their diaphragm and all of a sudden they were breathing better. And you'd be like, wow, this is so linked to the breath every time and I was like a bit of a mission every time to sort of learn more I was a bit hungry to be honest and then I got invited to work for hospice care in the UK which is a palliative care hospital so I worked as a leading therapist for hospice care and I was you know sort of helping a hundred other complement they call them complementary therapists in the UK And we would be given so many patients and we'd either do that voluntary or you'd be paid. And so I was a paid therapist alongside my own practice, which was private. So I would be given uh, so many patients to, to nurture and look after plus hospital wards to go and, you know, be with people at their last stages of life, which most people, when I say I've worked palliative care, they go, oh, gosh, that's, you know, that's really hard. It was like the absolute waking up of me as a person, you know, at a time in my life when I was actually losing a lot, uh, a long term partnership, a house, you know, uh, there were so many things that were going wrong in my life that when I was walking into this center every day, I would get back in my car at night and go, I'm alive. I get to choose Mm. to do something different every day because I have a choice. These people don't have any more choice. And I would listen to their regrets. And the common thread was still the same. This tension, trauma, life experiences. I just kept thinking, is anyone else just like waking up to this? Because I can see there's a thread. And is anyone else realizing that? But when you're in a clinical mind, like an oncologist or a nurse, you might not notice it because you're so busy on the actual, you know, clinical body, you know, not necessarily the psychological mindset of someone who's passing. So they would tell me everything and I would listen and I would do the therapy work. And then I'd watch like the respiratory physios coming in and helping someone clear their lungs. And then I would talk to them about how how they feel in their life. And normally the people that were suffering with super respiratory issues, you know, of course they may have been smokers, but they had mass trauma in their life, like mass trauma. Most of those people that were young that were passing had had something really awful happen to them that they were still holding on to. So it kind of got me realizing that when we have a trauma in our life, are we holding on to it or are we allowed to, allowing ourselves to let go of it? And I reckon most humans hold on to trauma. We hold it on in anger, in sadness, in resentment. We either want to run away from it or we want to aggress it. We want to like be in conflict with it. And I believe that it stores in your body. And then if you don't know how to unpack that, it starts to cause a dis-ease in the body, which I feel turns into disease. And they're doing more studies on this now. So that was my sort of entrance into I've got to help people understand how to let go. Because if you can't do that, 
I think that this is where you'll end up. So my brain was on this like thing and I was really into, and then I had this big car accident and I broke my ribs and I, I hurt my neck really badly and my pelvis and I couldn't breathe. And then it was a real highlight for me was that the breath is like the driving force of us and we take it for granted. So then I went on more courses to learn how to do functional breathing, how to help people breathe better, more functionally, how to work with posture more. And then I turned into, I want to help people move and breathe together and release. So I then became a practitioner in Pilates, you know, and it just kind of stemmed bit by bit. I was adding something else to understand something. So I was kind of like on this big investigation over years and years. And then I fell pregnant with my eldest, who's just turned nine. And I realized that, you know, I've got all this experience working with pregnancy, death, all the bits in between of life. And now I'm pregnant. Of course, I'm going to rock this baby out of my body really easily because I can breathe and understand my body. And my whole pregnancy was just, a, you know, to put it nicely, a bit of a shit storm <laughs> of HG, of throwing up 15, 20 times a day. I mean, you know this, only yourself. And just realized that my body was really vulnerable. And then I was on this real mission to go, right, I need to breathe this baby down and out. I did hypnobirthing. And then I was in the hypnobirthing class watching her discuss breathing. And then when I kind of questioned her on the breath, she kind of shied away because she really didn't understand how to facilitate that part of birth. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, if we can't, if we can't help women breathe, how are they going to birth their babies? So it was like the awakening of the next stage of where I was going to go to, which was to help women to breathe their babies. So the whole of my sort of pattern of me walking through life has been really observing people in their journeys and then going, there's still that link that's missing and it's the breath every single moment of life, every cycle a woman or a man walks through, there's a pattern that's the same, is that when we are in bad posture, when we become traumatized, when we have body trauma like pain, when we birth a baby, if we can't access that breath, then we're going to find it really difficult. So I was then on my next mission. I've got to learn how to do deeper work with this breath. And voila, after all these years now, I teach the deeper work, the rebirthing work, as well as all the other breath works that I do to bring it all together. So I don't just do rebirthing. I teach other breath works to energize you, to calm you, to help you get prepared, to help you refocus. So yeah, here I am two babies later, you know, moved from the UK to Australia you know, being through my own life traumas, which helps me, I think, to be more real. And I always say to everybody, and I think you've heard this in, in my sessions, is that I'm just the same as, as you. I'm just the same. I've walked, I've walked the same sort of paths, but along the way, I've, I've seen it as that's really cool that I've experienced that trauma because now I know how to heal that. And now I can pass on that to you, you know. So that's kind of how I, I bring myself to the table is that, this is what I do. You can join me and play with this with me, or you can just stay doing what you're doing. 
So I wanted to ask you, because this is something I've noticed, I guess, when people try breath work for the first time. So I'm going to use the Panda event that you came and spoke at that we hosted last year. So you did, you know, a few minutes of very simple, I would say, breath work. And a lot of the people that was their first time stepping into this and after just three breaths, they would burst into tears. Why does this happen? This this happens a lot. It's common. It, it happens to, I've noticed that when I facilitate breath work, it happens a lot. I don't, I'm, I think it happens to most people when they've been holding on to a lot. So just imagine that you're this, you know, most people are anxious. There's no doubt about it. We're in a ro- in a world where it's very busy, very messy, very stacked. Everybody's got high expectations of themselves. They're trying to compare themselves to the next person. You know, just saying that is a stacking effect, isn't it? So we're all in this highly driven lifestyles. And so you're in what I would call fight the dinosaur mode, you know, fight or freeze or flight, where you're kind of always on the edge waiting for something to erupt. So your nervous system never gets a moment to actually be really calm. And the great secret to breath work of any kind of breath work is it takes you from, well, it basically unlocks a door immediately. So as soon as you start breathing, it unlocks the door to your heart. And as soon as we unlock the door to your heart, you become down into the rest and digest the beautiful parasympathetic nervous system which helps you be in the very moment. It stops the ego mind, the overthinking mind. It calms that down so that we're right in that moment, right in your body, right dropping into your body, into your heart. And then all of a sudden your body goes, thank God for that. (laughs) And then all of a sudden you're like, oh gosh, where have I been? I lost myself there for a moment. And I think that's where the tears come because the healing starts when we actually rest and digest. The healing of our emotions, the healing of our body all comes when we allow that parasympathetic nervous system to come into play, when we are tapping into that emotional expansion, emotional opening. Yeah, it's really interesting. I know because when you're running and you're stacked and you stop and you breathe, you realize it's a bit like drinking truth serum, really, because you're like, oh, God, I've actually been doing too much. And mm-hmm. here I am. And I can feel that I need this. And then you're in that fight with yourself to try and let yourself be there. Yeah, it's kind of like connecting with yourself in a way. It's something we're yes. not doing every day. We're not aware. We're not recognizing signs. And so this is kind right. of bringing us back. Yeah. I love it. This is why I love it. So you've you mentioned working with birthing women and I wanted to ask you I guess what the breath can do for birthing women because my understanding is you can use the breath in your birth but that doesn't necessarily mean it's not going to be traumatic but it may lessen the risk or you know where does this kind of fit in birth? We go to birth our babies and we have an installed fear of birthing because of the way that our mothers have told us about birth, other mothers telling us about birth, you know, perception of being on the films to listening to people telling you, oh, it was terrible. Oh, my God. You know, everybody thinks that birth is fearful place to be in. 
So in answer to your question, when we are preparing a woman to birth her baby, we've also got to work on the fear, releasing that, allowing her to feel safe in her body so that her baby feels safe to arrive into the world. And when that baby arrives, to tell that baby, I'm so grateful that you chose me. I'm so grateful that you've come into my world. Not to be in that state of complete, like utter, you know, anxiety as as your baby arrives. So the breath work helps you to stay on a spiritual level, helps you to stay very connected to the whole process, the ritual around birth. And then the breath on top of that helps you to be calm in all of the contractions as you're coming through your birth so that you're able to meet each contraction with your breath so that the baby hears your breath, your body feels your breath, and you're using your breath as a tool to work with your uterus as it's contracting. If your intention, and I call it like the washing machine effect or the Bermuda Triangle, that a woman, when she's in a state of tension, her body tenses up and then you'll feel pain. And then when you feel pain and tension, you will feel fearful. Mm. It will come at any point. So you could come in at, I feel loads of pain. I'm feeling my body tensing up and now I'm really, you know, in fear. Or it could be, I'm meeting everything with fear. And when you feel fearful, what happens to your body? It tenses up and then you feel all the feels. So with the breath, again, it's the accessing point to be able to release the fear. You've done the work on that, hopefully. Or if you haven't and you've just done like you did with me where you came in on Instagram and you collected that breath, you used your breath to move you through each stage of your your birthing. And when you're using your breath, it will simmer down the fear, it will release the tension from your body, and voila, the body works in this beautiful state of release. It's a bit like trying to push something out when your whole body's holding onto it. That's why breathwork is a huge key tool, the major player in birthing. And it's a really, um, the way that I teach it is to help you to really access all those points of what can come up for you and how you can breathe and then I also teach the partners to become the breath coach so that I don't have to be there they get to be in that moment with their with their partner in in breath Mm. yeah yeah and that can even be more powerful together I I can't I can't give you oxytocin at birth because I didn't create that baby with you yeah but your partner is the one that needs to deliver the love through the breath I love you. This is it. Breathe with me. We've got this. I, I can't do that for you. And, and that's why also when a, when a mum supports a mum, her daughter, while she's birthing, mm. the oxytocin can still flow because you're creating this beautiful moment to be together. Even siblings can do that for each other. Yeah. But um, me as a person, I can give you a whole lot of love, but I'm not going to produce that oxytocin. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So why did you then, I guess, decide to focus exclusively on women? I'm very interested and intrigued by why (laughs) only women? What is it? I still breathe men from time to time. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of feel that the women are, um, and I'm not a feminist by any any means here at all, because I love working with men. And actually, men are great people to have to work with because you give them 
their homework and they're off doing it where women are like yeah I didn't have time so it can be quite hard sometimes um, but I think that women need to soften we need to understand the power that we have in the world like we birth human beings like we are the power that bring the population together we're the glue that holds families if we're completely dysfunctional everything's dysfunctional right so for me it's like a a mission that if I can help women calm themselves down, relax and remove some of the trauma that they're holding on to, our world is becoming, will become a softer, more happier place. But I also want women to understand the power that they have, that they are a, a beautiful like lioness at times, but also being able to understand that they have a much more powerful role in our world than they think that they do. Um, and that's why I love working with women is that when we remove all of this emotional overloading, we're actually extremely spiritual and um, conscious beings who actually have a very big role to play in the world to change the world that we're in now. Um, and also a lot of women are control freaks. Most women are control freaks because we're trying to do all of the jobs. We wanted this. We wanted independence. We wanted to have careers. We wanted to have the children. But now we don't know how to delegate some of those roles away from us so that we can actually be the mum and we can still be the career women without being an emotional wreck or highly, highly stacked with stress. So I think that if a woman has got this ability to tap into her feminine, as well as then going and being the CEO or being the businesswoman or, you know, or being a mum and being able to show that masculine feminine side of her, you know, the ego mind and then the softness that goes with that. So that's the reason why I work with women, because we've lost our way. We really have, especially in Australia. I, when I first came over here, I realized I was like, whoa, Australian women are really tough nuts, like really harsh, you know, really having to be quite a, a strong character. And um, I was like, why are a lot of the women really, really um, masculine in the way that they see the world? So it's been even more of a drive since moving here to help women to go, if you just soften a little bit, it's going to really help you just to be everything you need to be in the world. There's so many more layers to this conversation about this, because I just think that we can't be all of the juggle, all the roles. We can't wear all of the hats. Yeah, absolutely. And the more that we do that, the men don't actually know how to do their role. Yeah. They don't know how to be, to do it. So we actually need to soften so that they can actually come in and be equal with us. So if mm. we're trying to do all the roles and men are like, yeah, whatever, I'm not going to fight that one. You can just do it all. And, yeah. and then we're angry with them because they don't know what to do. So, yeah. you know, it's like, ladies, let's just soften a bit. Mm. And actually you become more sexy when you soften. You become much more approachable when you soften. Mm. doesn't mean that soft means weak. Soft is actually strong in the right context. Yeah. I've really learned that myself, becoming a mom and a businesswoman. And, mm. you know, I, you know, I used to be and still am when I'm not on top of my own mental health is that I can become quite a control freak because I'm like, got to have everything ready so that nothing goes wrong and yep. then everything's streamlined. But you can't keep moving at that kind of rate of energy because we all burn out. Yeah, mm. definitely. Oh, so mm. this is why something you've noticed about women. How interesting. <laughs> I'm yeah. right there with you though. Okay. Mm. So you kind of did touch on this before. So I mm. wanted to talk about, I guess, 
what breathwork can do for our physiology and the benefits. So let's talk about the benefits of that for the body. Well, there's like a whole, um, well, a whole list that's extensive really. But as soon as you breathe, you're changing your nervous system. So you're changing it from the fight the dinosaur to being in the cave and relaxing and resting. So that, um, that parasympathetic versus sympathetic, which is fight the dinosaur. So that's one of the main benefits of breathing is that we're able to access this beautiful vagus nerve in our body, which helps us to then get into our relax, rest and digest. And sometimes when you hear people say, oh, I don't know how to relax. And I just look at them and I'm like, oh, my goodness, you know, because they are in this elevated um, body experience where they'll be inflamed. They'll be, you know, that all the organs will be working really hard, their, their nervous system will be on full you know, their eyes might be slightly dilated, you know, they're never relaxing. So I always equate it back to this really primal um, vision, because, you know, we can all relate to the what would a dinosaur, you know, what would a caveman look like, you know, or a cave woman, what would she, what would she be doing? She'd be on alert, right? She'd never rest, she'd always be on, always ready to run. And if you're not breathing, you're in that state a lot. Or if you've got these big traumas, you're in that state a lot. So when you're breathing, it's also alkalining the body. So you're relaxing the body, you're detoxing the body, you're changing the acidity in the body when you breathe. So then that changes the inflammation in the body, which then actually is life changing for whole of our body. So as soon as you do breath work, you're changing that that internal inflammation system. You're also changing things that are really, you know, we all say it releases stress, changes anxiety changes your perception of depression it helps you be right in the moment and there is no depression in the moment there's no anxiety in the moment so the breath brings you right to this moment right now when you're in the cave woman you wouldn't sleep would you so most people that are in that elevated anxiety stage are not going to sleep very well they're always going to be light they're always going to be waking up and they might feel depleted and fatigued all the time so the breath work changes that the other thing it does is it changes your ability to cope with, you know, PTSD. Um, and a lot of people are being diagnosed with PTSD now from previous trauma. So when you breathe, you're accessing the, the cellular level, being able to release the trauma from inside your body and let it go mm. with a lot of guidance, by the way. There are so many things out there, but it helps also just your general mood. It helps you to relax rest more be connected not be so reactive not be so angry and again it's not just a deep breathing this is all kinds of breath so mm. I use breath to help you energize when you're feeling like slump at the afternoon to helping you really calm down when you're in that feeling of agitation and you're about to like you know that volcano feeling we're about to erupt helps you to be more focused and clear when you're walking into meetings when you're being met with conflict, using a breath to help you to change how you're going to walk into that, breathing helps me to listen. Mm. It's a real skill. As humans, we do not listen. We're so fast to be finishing someone's sentences, to be thinking about what we're going to say without actually listening. If you're using breath while you're listening, you can take such a beautiful moment to really absorb what they're saying.
that you actually do then in, t- in turn then release the right information back. Mm. And sometimes just listening is all that someone actually needs to do in order to change a situation. So there's so many, there's so many things that breathwork does, but generally as a, as a rule, breathing changes your state of mind, changes your state of your body and helps you to be healthier and happier in your life. Mm. I wanted to show people through my experience that what you're saying couldn't be truer. After the birth of my second baby, it was a difficult year and I had a lot of stress in my life and some of that was self-induced and you know, I had this really chronic upper back pain and, you know, a lot of people were telling me it's from breastfeeding or it's from this or it's from that. And yeah, absolutely. Those things definitely would have played a role, but it was breath work that took this pain away. So that told me, okay, maybe some of this is psychological pain or stress. And so my body is then reacting to this. So that was one thing. But then also I remember being in my lounge room with my kids and we're kind of like messing around on the floor together And I thought to myself, where have I been the last couple of months? Yeah, it was really like, I I mean, I've been here, you know, I've been here on the floor playing with my kids, but my mind was elsewhere. I was thinking about other things. And it was breath work that really made me ground myself and be present in that moment. And so I guess, you know, we have a lot of mums who listen to this podcast. So I, I guess that maybe is a message here to take away is that, this is what breathwork can do. If you feel like you you are really not present in your day-to-day and you're not maybe mindful or conscious with your kids, but you want to be, this is definitely something to try. So I guess going from that, I wanted to ask you then, what are your top tips for pain or stress or whatever it be? What What is the breath that you would recommend, I guess, for busy mums, as you know? Ah, sighing. <laughs> yes, this is powerful stuff. <laughs> so sighing and a really good morning and nighttime routine. So I'm a bit of a rule breaker and I don't really love routine if I was going to be ever so honest with you, but there's something that I do wherever I am. I wake up with the breath and I go to sleep using my breath. And in the ta- in the daytime when I notice myself Either my shoulders are creeping up around my ears or I'm holding my breath. We all hold our breath when we're trying to focus. When you hold your breath in that state, you're actually bringing in a lot of anxiety into your body. So just notice that when you're doing that, you might be holding your breath. Um, So as a rule for me, each day I wake up, I start the day with the breathing I breathe on purpose. I bring in a moment of gratitude. And if there's time, especially when you've got kids and things, if I don't have time to come down and be quiet for 10, 15 minutes to do like a meditation or a breath work of some kind, then I'll use a breath as I'm going, like standing up, moving, going into the kitchen. For me, while I'm making lunch boxes, I might be doing a breath work of some kind. Being quite quiet in my words and really present in my breath for five to 10 minutes is not actually that long. And your children, because some people go, yeah, right, because my kids are talking to me all the time and I'm not, my children are six and nine and they just know that mum's doing her breathing and then you'll listen to them because over the years they've picked it up and they do the same. They're, you know, eating their breakfast, breathing and sighing. And I'm like, oh, it's so lovely when you hear that they're actually listening and learning from you. 
And then during the day, like if I'm driving and it's a lot of traffic, I'll just do a breath work to help me in traffic. If I'm listening, I'll be really using my breath to listen. But sometimes if I'm yawning, so yawning is another type of breath work. Mm. So when I do a yawn, I never put my hand over my mouth. I let my mouth be really wide open and I'll let the breath, I'll build it up and make it bigger. And some people look at me like, whoa, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, it's a, a breath. I'm using it to increase my breathing. And it feels good. It's the closest thing in the body to a, a little orgasm. So mm. I use it and enjoy it when it's there. And I'm like, oh, that's my little um, orgasm for today. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that would be my la- my biggest tips is to try and use your breath, even if it's just a simple inhale exhale you can just take three breaths and it changes something Mm. but the biggest breath that I use everywhere is sighing just breathing in (sighs) sighing out and I think you've you've talked about sighing before and I remember you saying something really specific about it it was kind of like you know maybe you're like a bit frazzled or frustrated or something's come up and I guess our initial response would be like this negative kind of ugh, like sigh or grunt. But I remember you telling me, <laughs> flip it and make it like a positive sigh. So then you're going, yes. And it is, it is yes. a game changer. It works. And the, or I make it, if you can, let yourself hear the sigh because it's like your body has got the opportunity to go, ah, letting go. I'm letting go letting go of that Mm. or oh I'm bringing in joy or when you see someone you smile at them breathe and sigh and and receive the smile from a human being another person Um, start to sigh even like I sigh a lot when I'm doing things that can create like a a, a irritation for me and then I'm just noticing the shapes and the colors and I'm just trying to bring the sigh in to help me let go to make a conscious choice is probably what sighing does it helps you to make a conscious choice to do something different in that moment, to feel something, to be aware of something. Mm. Yeah. And I also think it's a release as well. Like oh, you can let go. Yeah. You can just get it out with a sigh and keep going. <laughs> so I mm. wanted to ask you now about this rebirth breath that you were mm. talking about, this deeper dive kind of stuff. Can you tell me more yes. about this? Oh, it's the awakening of every single person that does it. So rebirthing sounds a bit a bit way out, doesn't it? Rebirthing breath, but you could call it transformational breath, energy breath. Um, it's ultimately the most powerful breath work on the planet today. It releases blocks, trauma blocks. It releases suppressed emotions. It releases everything from a cellular memory. Um, it's safe transformational it basically connects you it connects you as a person to your physical spiritual psychological and emotional being it brings us back into the absolute moment and when you breathe like this there is a clarity that arrives that's truly something that you've probably never experienced before where you get to release the ego mind the very busy thinking mind it quietens that off because the ego mind is so busy focusing on the breath that your body is then able to completely let go. It is something that I, I'm in awe of every single time I breathe with someone. 
it helps you to let go of the resistance to life itself. There is, you know, we are all resistant in life to so many things. And when you do this deep rebirthing work, you are learning to let go of the resistance to yourself. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. And it connects the subconscious and the conscious together. It links like a bridge. The mind, body and breath are like this beautiful bridge that just forms that whole ability to let go. So you've talked about like during this rebirth, though, people can be very resistant and they can have all kind of even negative emotion. And like this kind of looks different for everybody. Mm -hmm. And you've got to see it that everybody's had a different experience or a different path that they've walked not one person breathes the same. The breath is, exa- is the only true th- you know, print that you have as well as your thumbprint, your fingerprints. So no one breathes the same. Everyone's walked a different walk. What one person thinks is traumatic, another person would never think is traumatic. So when you're breathing, you're opening up an ability to let go of something, but only if you're able to cope with what you're going to bring up. So if you have got a really deep trauma and you're like, there is no way I'm going to do that breath work because I don't want to see that. You don't actually see it. Um, What you're doing is you're letting go of the belief that you've built up around that. You're letting go of the resistance to moving Mm -hmm. through that. It's basically like it's the, the breath work is like leading you through the fear so that you can get to the light, which is uh, essentially love. So when you come out from breath work, you are able to really feel a different energy. And it's all about love, love and connection to yourself. And the reason that some people have big emotions is because all of a sudden you realize that I just let go of something. I don't quite know what it is, but I feel really different. You see things different. Everything feels different. Um, There's so many levels to this, but ultimately what you're doing is you're bringing a conscious back into yourself. You're bringing in a renewal, a moment to reset yourself, to let go of something that's been really holding you back. This circular rhythm that comes with the breath is kind of you just moving into your body, trusting your body, trusting your life, trusting your process and allowing yourself to feel something perhaps for the very first time. And it's a lot of that that comes out as well. I felt myself. I realized I hadn't looked after myself. I realized mm. that I wasn't loving myself very much. Mm. A lot of ahas come out of doing the rebirthing. Mm. Yeah, well, I've been to a few of your rebirthing events now. And I am I think I'm too focused on the people around me. I think a lot mm. of that is my problem. But I do, yeah, I do end up listening to the people around and people are like, they're, they're sobbing or they're like you can feel this really intense emotion around their experience and you know you obviously don't know what it, what's happening or what's going on but you feel this so it's very real and it works for a lot of people it's very powerful but something you've yeah. said to me before about this type of work is you can't push someone to do this kind of work they have to be willing you were kind of talking about mm-hmm. someone who I wanted to bring who wouldn't come and you were like, no, <laughs> do not push them. Why is this a crucial aspect of breath work? Well, to do this breath work, you have to sit into it and you have to be able to let go. You have to be able to, well, you have to actually be wanting it. You've got to give yourself permission to be there, to permission to let, let yourself breathe in that way. 
imagine being like I always equate anything like this is to someone dragging you to the gym and going right you're going to run 10k now on that Mm. treadmill and you'd be like oh I'm out I'm not doing this you know you can't make someone do something that they're not in full a consent to want to do you know what would happen is if I and I've had this when I work with couples that are getting ready for birth I will always do rebirthing breath with them and when I breathe with the the partner Often, if they're not wanting to do it, it's like you're watching them trying to fight their way out of a paper bag. They're so angry, they're so resistant, they're so frustrated, they wake up and they're agitated. And really, frankly, it doesn't bring great energy to the whole thing. Mm. Often, though, I will talk them through what that was. If someone has come and they've been resistant, I'll say, you know, let's talk about your life because the reason that there is resistance is because your ego mind is telling you that you're not safe to do this work. Your ego mind wants you to stay where they know it's safe, where they know that they can help control it. When we're in the breath work, we don't, we can't control anything other than just our breath. So if you know you've got deep healing that needs to be done, or you've got a trauma that you're holding on to, they'll be met with a lot of resistance because your body's going to say, I'm not wanting to do this. I don't want to let go. Your ego mind's going to say, we're not safe to do this. And then as you're in the breath, it will be meeting with all of the resistance, all of the, the frustration and the, 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 the sighing and the moving and the agitation through the body. Sometimes it's amazing when I see someone in that fighting their way out of a paper bag scenario while they're lying on the ground, I'll go over and I'll just help ease their body, talk them through it. And then all of a sudden, you know, you look back 10 minutes later, and they're having a really big cry, or you can see they look so peaceful. Um, so I always think if you're going to do anything, anything that's transformational, not even breath work, you have to want to do it yourself. You've got to want to be ready to do it. Hmm. Should we finish with some breathing? Oh, yeah. We're going to do something that you could do while you're driving because if you're like me, I listen to podcasts in the car. So I'm not going to do this sedated breath where we close our eyes and then all of a sudden <laughs> people are trying to sue you for <laughs> crashing the car. <laughs> so we're going to do a focus breath, which is great. And if you're pregnant listening to this, just um, just no real breath holds here. Just don't make it extended. Just a little breath hold is not going to be anything. So we're going to do box breathing where it's, in for four, hold for four, out for four, hold for four. And then we're going to do connect 20 connected breaths at the end, which will give you a bit of energy. So we're going to get you into that focus calm, and then we'll do energy at the end. So all you need to do is sit up really tall, as tall as you can. And to find your belly is probably a good idea. So if you are driving, just, you know, be mindful. We don't want to be, you know, doing anything that causes an accident so finding your um, lowest rib and you'll have like a dome shape underneath that rib which is a bit squashy and if you were to touch it and massage it palpate it it might feel a bit tender and that is your beautiful diaphragm it's like a parachute shape so that's where we want to do most of our breathing from because most people are breathing up into their collarbones and that's not where the lungs you know, they're not really there. So we need to bring the breath down into your belly. So if you are able to relax, of course you can close your eyes, but if you're driving, obviously keep them open. So let's just take a breath in and a sigh out. Breath in through the nose. 
sighing out. Breathe into the belly. And all the way out. And just follow me as we breathe in through the nose, out through the nose, or in through the nose and out through the mouth. You get to decide. Breathing in now. Hold the breath. Exhale. Hold. Inhale. Hold. Exhale. Hold. Inhale. Hold. Exhale. Hold. Inhale. Hold. Exhale. Hold. Inhale. Hold. Inhale, hold, exhale, hold, inhale, hold, and exhale all the way out. Just take a moment to feel into your body having done that breath. What does it feel like? What does your body feel like? And just really notice the softening arriving into your body, but this beautiful focus that's arrived as well. It's a clearing of the mind. So now I'm gonna bring you into a connected breath, which is the start of what we would do before connecting into a circular rebirthing breath. So just 20 breaths and we're just gonna move it through your body and just see what it feels. And you might feel a bit tingly, you might feel a little bit dizzy, but just enjoy it because nothing bad's gonna happen. So it's in and out of the mouth, and then afterwards we'll turn back to nasal breathing. So it's like this, and you can just join me. bit curious, a little bit open, maybe a bit tingly, 
And after doing that open mouth breathing now, just returning back to nasal breathing. So always remember that your every moment of the day, breath should be in and out through the nose unless you're guided differently. And that's it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nicola. This has been absolutely so, so good. And just, I love <laughs> breath work because it's mostly free. Once you learn the tools, the tips and the tricks, and you can apply this every day in your life and it works and it's very yeah. simple and everyone can do it. So thank you, Nicola. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're listening and would like to share your story with us or feel compelled to talk about issues surrounding women's health, please don't hesitate to reach out. We would love to hear from you. You can find us at The Power of Birth on Instagram and Facebook or on our website, thepowerofbirth.net. If you loved this episode, we would love it if you left us a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on and share us with your family and friends. The conversation has to start somewhere. Thank you again for listening and we hope you join us in the next episode. Thank you.